Garage Logic Podcast number 124, March 26, 2019. 78 degrees back in 1939 in Garage Logic and five below the very next year in 1940. And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom. And occasionally, Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. I don't believe this guy's worth a great deal of time, but it is interesting to note that all charges have been dropped against Jussie Smollett. Yeah, what's the deal there? All uh, charges. Told you. But mm-hmm. the files have been sealed. Yeah. What's that mean? Cook County prosecutors agreed to drop the charges against Smollett in an unscheduled hearing at the case Tuesday morning. Uh, after reviewing all the facts and circumstances of the case, including Mr. Smollett's volunteer service in the community and uh. agreement to forfeit his bond... To the city of Chicago, we believe this outcome is just disposition and appropriate resolution to this case, the Cook County State's Attorney Office stated in an email. Sources told CBS in Chicago that uh, Chicago Police Superintendent Eddie Johnson is furious in that he received no notification about the charges being <laughs> dropped. CBS uh, told uh, is told that he will speak after the police graduation uh, today, apparently taking place. Smollett's spokesperson said his record would be fully expunged. Ah. Jesse and many others were hurt by these unfair and unwarranted actions. The entire situation is a reminder that there should never be an attempt to prove a case in the court of public opinion. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jesse is relieved to... I thought he did it. I thought we had the admission of the two brothers that he, he they got paid to rough him up, and then they claimed that that was a check he wrote for a personal training Skis. mission. So. Oh, yeah, personal training. Personal That's training. when Barkley gave the, the great speech on TNT. Man, if you're going to create her, uh, do this, you can't write a check. Yeah, yeah right. She got, <laughs> uh, Smollett was accused of falsifying a police report and lying to police. He had 16 counts against him. Uh alleging that Smollett falsely described to the officers, including that he was hit by two men, that they yelled racial and homophobic slurs and poured a chemical on him. He, uh, he said he was attacked while walking home on January 29. Uh, CBS's Charlie DeMar has reported Smollett also directed the brothers to buy the noose at a hardware store and the hat and masks at a store in Uptown. Uh, police, uh, or Eddie Johnson, the super, said the police have the check. Police said the two brothers wore the gloves during the stage attack and did punch Smollett, but the scratches and bruises on Smollett's face most likely were self-inflicted. Police at the time said the attack was a publicity stunt because the actor was upset about his pay on the show. Well, is he guilty or isn't he? Sure sounded like he was. He's guilty, but this is a major backpedal. <sighs> Let's just let him. He's been through enough. Oh, please. If the court files are sealed, that means he is also not allowed to talk about it? Is that how that works? I would imagine so. Yeah. But this is such a slap in the face on so many levels, including people that actually have, you know, gone through a hate crime. Like, where's the outrage? There it's a slap none. in the face to the Chicago police, too. Yeah. Now, you can make the argument that the Chicago police gave 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 this 
has-been actor way too much attention in a city that's so rife with murders. I know John Cass wrote a column to that extent. Mm-hmm. He's a good columnist in Chicago, and he said, yeah, this guy might be a bum, but, you know, in the meantime, we had 14 killings that same they weekend. They have bigger fish Let's to do fry. something about that. Yeah. And and I don't want to dwell on this guy because I don't think he's deserving of of the time, but I, I uh, it reminds me of a deep thought I had today on the Garage Logic Service Road of Life. Mm. And that is the catastrophic failure of the media in the Russia collusion case. And the very good piece on that today in the Wall Street Journal editorial page by a guy named uh, Sean Davis, who is co-founder of The Federalist. Uh, the biggest sin you can make as a newspaper reporter is to do a story with a preconceived notion. Okay. No, no sin trumps that in the news gathering industry. That's a news journalism 101. 101. You can't go into a story with an outcome you're going to seek to demonstrate. Okay. That's not the way it works. But that's what we're seeing. We saw it in the case of the kids from Covington. Mm-hmm. White kids, well, that must mean they're privileged. Catholic high school, that must mean they're rich. Uh, we more, saw it with Smollett, the initial reaction from the media. Yeah. Remember? Yeah. Well, the prejudgment there it was that he could not have done it. Right. Right. Uh, the Trump hats, that must mean they're racist. Yeah. And, and it was all wrong. And that's the biggest problem. You know, the academy is failing, and so is news gathering. And it's news, uh, the news gatherers are failing because they're routinely committing this sin. Mm-hmm. And it's to the point now where there, a lot of them, CNN and what have you, they're doubling down on their sin. Well, just because this report says there was no collusion, that doesn't mean there isn't anything wrong. We'll find something. Well, you're going about it wrong. You can't, you can't, in the old days when newspapers were actually functional and an editor sent you out to do a story, you you better dare not have left the building with the thought in mind what you were going to write. You had to go write what you found. You had to Mm. go write the facts. And we're seeing that just tossed by the wayside. Are you including the, the lead-up to this, the, the 20 months of every time there was a news story done, it was Trump-Russian uh, collusion? Yeah. It was prejudged from day one. And now that they found nothing, they, well, we need to read the whole report. We, we, he's holding back. Okay. Much might be found out about Trump. He, he, in many ways, is an unsavory guy. Agreed. He surrounded himself with unsavory people. Mm -hmm. But in this particular case, no collusion was found with Russian agents. He is not a Russian asset. And the media went into this with the preconceived notion that he must be. He's that type of guy who would be. He's a bad guy. Therefore, Therefore, we're justified. Although we did get an insider tip on Twitter to the GL podcast account. I think it was Chris who said we did find collusion with the Russians and he had Ovechkin holding the cup next to Trump at at the White House. By the way, I looked at that picture. That didn't look like Ovechkin. Really? Well, he was so uh, neat. Well, yeah, he wasn't on a nine-week bender. Right, he wasn't on a nine-week bender. He wasn't disheveled. He was freshly shaven and short hair that was parted. And by the way, I did, didn't know it was him. Did we have a controversy with the NHLers going to the White House to receive the? Only the Washington Caps goalie did not yeah. go. 
Okay, I didn't. I missed that. Next, Everybody else went though. There was also it was it an assistant coach that decided not to make uh, the trip. Whatever. So the Star Tribune um, actually printed in their op-ed section today a letter from a guy named Mark H. Reed of Plymouth. Uh, yeah, Mark, I think, has emailed us somewhat frequently. Yeah, and the headline there, media must answer for its action it actions, won't. and it, it, it pretty much says what you've been saying. Mm-hmm. How do you hold the media accountable other than criticism? You don't, because the media is the holder accountability. Right. They're the ones. No. Yeah, that sounded stupid, but you're absolutely right. <laughs> They're the holder accountability. They're yeah. the holders of accountability. <laughs> that's Build right. Up. Yeah. Build but that's your, you, keep that in mind when you're reading stories. The greatest sin. Uh, it's, it's unethical. Uh, but it plays into the decline of moral and ethical integrity across all spectrums of American society. And it's infested the news gathering organizations as much as it's infested the failed academy you you can't go cover a story if you have a preconceived outcome in your mind doesn't work so the star tribune op-ed section also printed a a reprinted a piece from margaret sullivan washington post editorial uh basically saying the uh, sub headline here serious journalists should be proud of not bullied over right. their that. Russia reporting. Here are a few reasons why. And she gives us, you know, four or five columns on why the media did the right thing. And here's Sean Davis in the Wall Street Journal, a catastrophic media failure. I read both pieces and I weigh them and I prefer the Wall Street Journal's uh, take on it. Yeah. The best reporters, the best reporters, you have no idea what their, where their politics lie. Exactly. That's how it should be. Yeah. One of the best reporters in the St. Paul, in my uh, tenure at the St. Paul Papers, a, a gal named Mary Devine. Oh, yeah. Very familiar. Yeah. And mm-hmm. for all I know, she's a raving liberal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have no idea. But that's the point. Mm-hmm. Right. I have no idea. And she's covered many stories, many, where I know for a fact that the subject matter, if she was a raving liberal, and I don't know that she is, if she was a raging liberal, she covered many stories where you you might have been able to detect that, and mm-hmm. I've never been able to. A lot of those old school reporters, uh, when I was she's young, not old by the way. When I was young and coming <laughs> up, um, but she's of the old school. She's doing it very the right much, way, very much. Yeah. A lot of those folks, I was given to understand, don't even vote. Denny Lean, a very close friend of mine, now retired from the paper. He is a d- tried and true Democrat. You would have never known it from his stories, ever, ever. Yeah. Right up there with Brian Lambert is what you're saying? No, no. <laughs> Just as crazy far left as I could possibly be. Now we're going to get an email. Right, Thanks, yeah, Rick. That's okay. <laughs> but that, that I was reading this today and thinking about this Trump coverage, and uh, it's, it's, pathet- it's a pathetic sin to commit that should disqualify you from the industry. Yeah, it should disqualify you. I don't understand how Margaret Sullivan and the rest of them can defend themselves. No, they can't. Or even encourage that kind mm-hmm. of behavior. You know, you, you mentioned Lambert, and he was the classic, like, uh, Rook, what Rook says about Jesse, because I did radio with Brian down the hall at the other station. Yeah. And it was like... Well, I didn't listen to Such history, but you tell them, you know, blah, blah, yeah. blah. <laughs> Smiling Joe Suchere. You know, I, I have heard from people, uh, I tend to live in a house that's a bit divided politically. Somewhat, yeah. And, and uh, I was hearing uh, from some of them yesterday, I, I planted this idea with them at the dinner table. Shouldn't you be happy 
that your president is not in cahoots right. with the Russians? Oh, Shouldn't you? Should, you know what their answer How'd was? That go? No, it was a pretty good answer. Oh, okay. What a hell of a bar to set. We should be happy because the president is a Russian asset. <laughs> okay. Well, they had a point. Touché. That's not Touché. much of a bar. You know it? what? Right. That's the old Chris Rock joke. Yeah. You, you, you're not supposed to pat yourself on the back for staying out of jail. Right. Which is, <laughs> right. It's, just, it's just a given that right. you stay out of jail. That's right. the norm. But I had to give him that one. Yeah, that okay. was That was a good yeah. point. That, that's not much of a bar. Most of us can pass that bar. Right. <laughs> What was it? Media? Li- 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 what did you say? What? You were saying that the media should always be the builderer? The arbitrator. Ar- ar- it's, it's the fifth estate. It's a, it's a great check and balance in a free it's country, like- and we're witnessing terrible, terrible trends. And again, nothing was more evident about that than the Covington thing. And you guys... You all fell uh, yes, for it. I totally. Admit, you all fell for it. Would you stop bringing that up? Yes. The first time? <laughs> They're finally it. leaving us alone. And I just thought to myself, well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You know, when a story becomes that big, remember that occupied the news for oh, about God, four yeah. or five days. Oh, yeah. Okay, what's our rule for that? 48 hours. You've got to wait 48 to 72 hours. And, you know, you morons jumped all over it and thought, so. Paul's rotten kid. So did the house divided people I live with. I mean, I'm hearing right now in my head, I'm hearing uh, uh, reporters on both sides of the river criticizing you for right. saying this because you have the luxury of spewing your political ideologies in the newspaper. Right. How do you answer to well, that? Well, he's a columnist. He's not a reporter. I'm allowed to. Did you no. ever do a reporting job where you had to report something you disagreed with? And oh, you just, God, yes. just did the facts? Oh, God, yes. Prove it. Well, <laughs> go back and find 10 years worth <laughs> of it. reporting. Okay. It would have been all sports reporting. Right. How about some positive remarks on the Metrodome? Not very many. Oh, Never rained during And that was kind inside. of the end of your sporting career, wasn't it? Are your sports it's a, it's coverage? A, it's, a, it's, a, it's a hurtful topic, Kenny. It's a, yeah, I don't think it's a hurtful to topic. But it. that was the beginning of the end. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you talk okay. about influencing Just adults. Down but also, I was driving Gabriel home from school yesterday, and he's talking about school. And they were talking about politics, current events. And he said one of his classmates chimed in and said, no, remember when those uh, kids in Washington uh, went in front of that Native American guy and, and were, were in his face? And he said, it was all I could do to say, you can't cite that if you can't say they were from Covington High School. It was not them. Uh, but I'm just saying how they indoctrinate. Uh, if you hear it so many times, you start it's, to you believe, start to believe it. it. Yeah. 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 But that's a... We need to do more uh, like Bob the Builderer. <laughs> Yeah. Build her up. I had a, a yes. brother, and you know this, a brother who was a reporter first for newspapers, then television, and then a news director for about 10 years before right. he was a GM. He taught me when I was young, uh, he would show me his hate mail, mm-hmm. and it came from both sides. Oh, right. Right. He, well, said, right. he said, so you're going to get this if you're actually doing the you story know, correctly. I don't know if I should. Yeah, I'll bring it up. Who's notorious for this, and you'd think she's a far lefty, is Kathy Werzer, our friend. Mm-hmm. She gets hate mail from the left mm-hmm. and the right. Mm-hmm. Really? On, oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. The left attacks her all the on time. On Twitter, a Mr. Hauser downstairs gets it from both right. sides. But I can tell you the biggest change in that regard, and I, I learned this from Mike Royko and Jimmy Breslin and Pete Hamill. There was a time in this country... When you read a columnist because you you liked the material, 
the style. You and like what the he, writing. Yeah. You like the writing. Absolutely. Didn't make any difference whether he was ripping daily, Royko was ripping daily or praising daily. You found Royko amusing. You found him entertaining. You uh, you look forward to it. It was a respite from the rest of the stuff in the paper, and you read it. That day's gone. Who did I used to read? Uh, uh, P.J. O'Rourke. Yeah. I used to yeah. uh, read that. Because now, of the, the wait, you're, you're saying, Joe, that you don't have anybody that reads you routinely that doesn't agree with you politically? Because we get emails. No, you're, you're missing the point. Oh, I'm sorry. You're I, missing the point. Fifty years ago. Sure. People read a newspaper columnist, and they read the newspaper columnist because they enjoyed the entertainment. I got you. They enjoyed the style, the writing. The, the, and today, you are only enjoyed by the people who agree with you. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. And you're ripped to hell out of, you're, the hell's ripped out of you by the people who don't like your politics. Okay. Now, I, the, the, it's interesting to note, they're still reading, Yeah, but they can't let themselves enjoy it. Those are the ones that they got to rip the hell out of yeah. it. So question, when did the tide turn? When did this change? Did social bring this on? Because now kids, and well, I shouldn't just say kids, everybody gets their news from Twitter. What changed? Well, what the larger question is the whole country has changed in that regard. We're so divided yeah. that no one enjoys each other's company anymore unless you happen to agree but with that But Kenny's person. right. Online changed it. When when newspapers went online, I think that that really it changed newsrooms because... I'll give you one more theory. It's kind of a Patrick Souchere theory. Many reasons newspapers are dying, but one of them is access to public figures. And by a public figure, I might even I might even say that could be a private banker. Let's say the head of U.S. Bank who's going to uh, it, it comes out they're going to uh, lend uh, six hundred and seventy two million to a new program to build housing in Minneapolis. And a newspaper might call that banker and say, we'd love to interview you about this. The banker's going to hang up. He's not going to interview. You know why? Why should the banker subject himself to these anonymous mouth breathers mm-hmm. who write all these anonymous comments at the end of a column? Yep. That's killing the access that this mm-hmm. once great fifth estate had to decision makers. Are those anonymous commenters selling the newspaper? Is that I'm, I'm thinking, why does the new newspaper keep running them? And well, it's got to be for sales because people love that crap. Well, but you know, it's interesting to note, it, it's it's patently obvious that there are certain stories where they don't allow the comments. Oh, nice. It involves race or... Sure. Yeah, they don't. They, you can't find a comment. Who's, on your last column, they've been discontinued. You can't find comments on your Sunday's column. Well, because did you happen to see what they were? Yep. Yes. Yeah, we. Uh, they were patently outrageous, and were really. Uh, uh, my wife apparently is independently wealthy. Why didn't you tell me and this? I, I learned this I from didn't the know comments. That. I learned I did this from the comments. That. I didn't know this. Yeah. Yeah. The CP has got money coming out of the wazoo. Yeah. Is she uh, is she looking for a friend? Or? She's terribly <laughs> yeah. she's, she's terribly wealthy, and I'm just riding her coattails, sure. and that's why our kids got into you school. Know, Welcome yeah. to the club, by the way. Yes. I, uh, <laughs> I'm I coming over tonight. <laughs> I almost sent her a text last night for a different reason, and then I realized I realized I'm not worthy. No, you can't. I, I can't be in her company. She probably She's has people that would block you out. Terribly wealthy. Okay, but speaking of the, what the daughter of a guy 
whose second job to keep food on the table was digging graves at the Jewish cemetery on the east side of St. Paul. Whoa. (laughs) Yeah, I believe it now. And unbeknownst to me, she's been holed out. Mm -hmm. All these years. (laughs) Smart woman. She's probably not even a lefty. (laughs) She's been hiding that to me. (laughs) Okay, now you brought up the instance of a why would a banker take the call? And you had this, we had this same issue, not even... Three weeks ago, it was somebody in St. Paul. It was either in the city council or the Minnesota legislature. City council. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And we couldn't, their assistant wouldn't even take our calls. Nope. Were we calling about the ban on black and plastic the, food containers? It was yes. the, uh, the language yes. that was used. The uh, the guy that had said, we, we can't live here because we don't have a spaceship. Oh, yeah. It uh, was uh, that. Die Tau. Yes. And when I first started in this business and we were doing talk radio, talk radio, that would be one of those deals where you would pick up the phone as we were on the air. Right. And we'd have them on the air right. talking within 30, to, um, 30 seconds to a minute. Right. Well, that's another that's another real insidious problem with one party rule. When Paul Wellstone ran the first time, I had his personal phone number and I used to call him. We'd get him on the air and his handler would hear it and call me and yell at me and say, You have to go through me. But I had Paul's, But you still got him. But I had Paul's phone number and right. Paul was happy to okay. talk to us. And that was as recently as the year two thousand. Yeah. Yeah. 20 years ago. Very accessible. Senator Wellstone also knew that he could come on with Joe and deliver his pitch, and Joe was going to disagree, probably going to disagree with it. But again, when push comes to shove at the state fair, he comes by to say, you know, it's it's not a personal attack or vendetta to try to, yes, you disagree. That's fine. I think think we've just solved something. All right, you go first. A turning point. Do you recall what happened? After Wellstone's death. Yes, immediately I called my wife and I said, go out to the front yard and bring in the dump Wellstone sign right now. Well, not only that, more seriously, what happened? The people on the left were accusing Norm Coleman oh. of arranging that plane. Oh, can you believe that? So that, that might be a good starting date for this. Oh. Keeler, Keeler, I don't remember if Keeler literally wrote that, but he wrote something despicable about... Uh, how Wellstone was a victim of some sort of right wing, and then remember, Holy remember what the rally for Wellstone and Williams Arena turned into? Yes, it did. Yes, political event. It turned it... into a political event in which the right was condemned because we had lost this great soul. Okay, that might have been the beginning. And didn't Jesse get up and leave? Was because Jesse was there? He was in the attendance, bride. but he was just he may. I don't remember if he left. He would have been the governor. Then. Yeah. He was disgusted that it turned into a political rally. Wellstone went down in 2002, 2002 yep. okay. in October of 2002. Jesse was the governor. Yeah, that, well, that's. I remember he was extremely upset. I don't remember. I just remember left. the news footage had him and Terry sitting there, and I couldn't remember if he got up and left or not. You know, I know a th- guy that saw the plane go over his place oh, on, on its way down. When yeah. you think back, though. That that is a startling thing to remember. That that was the beginning. I can't think of one that predates that rally, where instead of a civil mournful remembrance of this champion to many people in the state, mm-hmm. if not the country, it turned into a bellicose rally. Yeah. I can't think of a predecessor to that. Can you, John? Not really, no. Not uh, no. And there was tragic events, extent. right? That happened, but 
That one was a a a pre-planned, and I don't even know why it had to be that because, because you know, there's, he, there's a breakdown in civ- civility, and that, that was maybe the beginning of it right there. That oh, could have been it. But he was accessible to everyone. I remember the first time uh, he, uh, George Bush, heard him when he, when he was a yes. freshman senator. He said, yes. who is this chicken bleep? Right. And, and yes, he was in uh, your okay. face. So I want to bring something up in regards to that. That would not have prevented Wellstone from talking to W. Correct. No. It, it didn't. No. But it was his first Might have been amused by it. Yeah, so, so who's this guy? Ilian Omar has been, her first few months, half year, whatever, in office, has been compared to Paul in his first six months in office. Because Paul, he ruffled some feathers. Yeah, That's he, tough to link because Paul was Jewish. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Good point. I'm not the one that made the link. I I've been know, reading right. the, the link. Now, given my cute little story about calling Paul in his kitchen, do you think we could get a hold of Ilian no. on the fly? Well, how many times have you called that office? Probably at least six they're times. Not, they're not at coming on here. Yes, uh, just as recently as... Two and a half, three months ago. And that's a pre-planned interview. Yes. I couldn't. I, I got a, a stamped response from her office because I'd, I'd asked if we could get her on the show. When all, but it was before you all You should the, try her again and tell tell them that uh, she's in my district. Already have. Oh. Already have because I got the canned, we thank you so much for reaching out to her campaign. If I want to sign up for the newsletter, blah, blah, blah. But Me- then I said, no, I, I'm, I'm in the media. I want to get her on the show. It's 6.30 in the morning, Such. I pick up the phone. Sheila answers and says, yeah, he's standing right here. And she hands the phone to him. Yeah. Fifteen seconds later, we're on the air. There's no okay. accountability. Okay. None. Boy, this is this has been an alarming accidental discovery mm-hmm. here. We're only going about twenty years back, right? He showed me something. You all guys know Tiger Jack, who died in St. Paul. Yes, sure. yeah, ran the shack on yep. ninety four. Yep, yeah. I I was close to Tiger Jack, and uh, when he died, I went to his shack. Mm-hmm. Some neighbors were hanging out. Well, so and his wife walk over. No cameras, no nothing. That showed me something. Yeah, he absolutely. wasn't there for any attention. Yeah, but right. uh, at that time, Wellstone and his wife were living on Cathedral Hill somewhere, and it was easy to walk down Dale to Tiger's Shack. Yep, and see, as recently as twenty years ago, me and Wellstone could have got along just fine. I wouldn't have. I don't. I didn't agree with his politics. No, but he would. But I, he came on the air. He 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 talked. He he was again. Uh, he wasn't uh, on my political side. I voted for him the first time, not the second time. But he just—he was a good guy off the air, away uh, from everything. Okay, how did, so how do we get on this? Let's speculate then, Such. <laughs> Turning if, point. You said that was comments a tur- to the editor. If, yes. if somebody at Lake Nokomis was uh, is notorious and well known as Tiger De- Jack, do you suppose Ilian? Would do that? Walk in there without the media, without her handlers, without no. the people, without a limo, without all three or four news stations in town? Uh, I agree that she would walk in, and I also agree that she would not without her entourage. Right. I don't think she burps without her entourage or cameras around. Wellstone had no entourage. Right. Zero. Well, he had that cruddy bus, and that thing was a <laughs> pile of junk. Oh, yeah. Now, how would you? What if old Wellstone was still out there campaigning against climate change with that foul bus of his? <laughs> See, we could have some fun with that. Yeah, yeah. That'd be who, awesome. Who had the better get at Wellstone's bus or uh, who was the climate? Steger. Steger and his, uh, his block of ice. No, it was a station of ice. Paul's wasn't bus. It? it reminded me of Ken Kesey's yeah. uh, piece of crap from, acid this, test. Yeah, from the 60s. It was, was a pile. A campaign, you know what it did, too? What did it do, that bus? What did it do? 
It kept uh, running it's after it's you spewed. And, uh, and when you turn it off, it keeps running for about 45 <laughs> seconds. He was like pig pen and That's Snoopy called with the running clown. on. Yes. It ran on for about a half hour. He didn't even have to didn't have to start it. He'd get done with his speech and get in and just hit the gas pedal. I was just reading about the uh, memorial service here. Yeah. Uh, and even the, Rick Kahn, who was the treasurer apparently, oh, yeah. who, who turned it into a political rally yeah. basically. Even singled out, apparently Jim Ramstead was a really good friend of Wellstone, yeah. a Republican Democrat. Right, like right, you said, right. you know, get along, man, just fine. And Khan specifically at the service singled out Ramstead saying, uh, you need to vote Democrat this election. Really? Yeah. Wow. Guys, we stumbled on something here. Yeah, we did. Wellstone was a turning point. Let's just limit it to this. In this state, Wellstone is a good marker for mm-hmm. a turning point. Because that was about, he died about six to seven years before the advent of social media. Yes. Twitter's about 08. Yep. That dumb little story you told, Rook, about pulling the sign. On the day he passed away, some of his uh, uh, campaign material floated into my yard. It was a windy day. Hung it up in my garage. It's still there. And a couple of my conservative neighbors come over and go, what the hell are you doing with a Wellstone sign hanging in your garage? (laughs) Yeah, You know, you just, you had to keep it. You had to collect it, right? Yeah, yeah. If your bike is running on, you need parts, and you need them from DennisKirk.com. More than 160,000 products in stock for you and your bike. Doesn't make any difference what kind of bike you ride. DennisKirk.com has it. Free shipping on orders over 89 bucks. DennisKirk.com is the place. It's the end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine. Joe Suchere. Well, thanks to the newsman for pointing this out to me. He said, Suchere, did you read the uh, variety cover of today's Star Tribune? And I was embarrassed to say that I don't. As thorough a newspaper reader as I am, the play story was about an actor. And uh, I had no interest in an actor getting a role in some new FX television show. Well, Height said, you got to read it more closely. (laughs) And his name is uh, Mark Mark Proksh. Mm -hmm. P-R-O-K-S-C-H. Proksh? You are dedicated, John. You'll read deep into the woman's section. Well, hell, I read tuna fish (laughs) recipes. I I knew knew this. I know the movie this show is based on. That's the reason I read this. I I saw Patti LaBelle below the fold. I read that and went right to the crosswords. (laughs) Uh, Proksh's route to primetime stardom is even stranger than a monster whose most dangerous weapon is droning on about the weather. Apparently, he's in some dark comedy he, or something. He plays Jeff. a vampire who, uh, what he, he's very tedious. He makes tedious small talk. That's how he sucks the energy out of the, uh, All right. the people. And, and he's a guy, Is his nickname Mr. FYI? Oh, wow. After college, he came to Minnesota. After college, he came to Minnesota for grad school, though he left the U without earning his degree. He lived in San Francisco for a while before moving back to his native state of Wisconsin. He's not a Minnesotan. His native state of Wisconsin, where he worked in a Milwaukee editing office. To combat the boredom, he and a college buddy named Joe Pickett created a character (laughs) called Kenny Strasser. 
Ringing a bell, Jailer. Oh, yes. Ringing a, ringing a bell, Jailer. Morning show. Uh, Kenny Strasser, a yo-yo artist who <laughs> supposedly taught school kids about the environment. They managed to get the act booked on nearly a dozen Midwest morning shows, including stations in Madison and Green Bay. Uh, you want to uh, remind the listeners about this uh, yo-yo man? Welcome back to Good Morning Four States. It is finally Friday morning. Kay Strauss is back with us again from Zip Zap. We thank you for joining us this morning. You've got your hands full of yo-yos right now. You yes. got, what, four yo-yos per hand, right? Right. And what I do is, uh, it's called uh, the Blue Flying Angel. Okay. Uh, do I need to get out of the way for this? Yes, you do. <laughs> um, and it goes, hey, they're up in the sky. It's the uh, K Strauss, the yo-yo guy. And then I do the boo da da ba 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 da 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 I act like I'm in a blue angel. Okay. So I say, air traffic control, we are ready for takeoff. All right, 10-4 guys, let's roll. So you get that one going. Oops. Lost one. And of course, it's none and of them uh, We're going and we get worrying and we're like, all right, everybody, let's take it down to the ground and we'll get into a Huey. <laughs> we're going to switch it off here and let's bring it back home for a clean landing. 10 4. They're all falling. You okay? Yeah, I, I got. I got very dizzy. Okay. Because <laughs> you've got all eight yo-yos in there, but uh, actually we've got seven now. So, uh, but uh, Honestly, I, I think I'm going to give up some of the yo-yo stuff because I don't have the muscle, muscle memory. Okay. <laughs> the guy says, okay. okay. I love the host trying to save the segment, yeah. trying oh. to save credibility for them. we got all seven on here. They're all on the floor in 40 but, million pieces. Okay, i got a new theory. Go ahead. At the time we discovered this. I thought, maybe you guys didn't, I thought that he literally was a failed yo-yo artist who managed to get himself booked uh, on the shows by fooling these rubes at small-town television stations. I I had no idea it was a guy who had created this as a bit. I thought that right away because it reminded me of Tom Mischke before he got a job on the radio who would do a bit called The Phantom Caller, where every call would end up in disaster due to the caller's making. And it was a hilarious bit. And it just reminded me of The Phantom Caller. (laughs) Well, this guy guy, uh, parlayed this supposed failure as a yo-yo performer into... uh, a pile of money here on a legitimate show. The first people that saw him was uh, the guys that worked on the uh, NBC off uh, NBC show, The Office, oh. and he ended up on that show right away. Yes, and the the gal who was at the 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 Green Bay station where we got this clip from, I actually know her. She used to work downstairs. Yeah, and she said, and she said, we all fell for it. We yeah. all because okay, that's the, the key. She fell for it. They didn't know yeah. it was a bit. The, the, and they're your future anchors in bigger cities. But, I mean, look at them, Joe. They've got four hours, and they're living in Madison. They right. got they got they have four hours to fill, and they have ninety minutes of material. Wait, we got a local yo-yo guy. <laughs> Get him in here. Let's kill twenty minutes with this guy. It's like us at the state fair. Right. Get him up here. Bring another Bring cow it. over, Doris. <laughs> We gotta get we gotta get this over with. A a Scottish of, horn goat. A lot of blue angel guys go bada beep bop 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 Coming in for a while, yeah, dude. Let's put her on the ground and take the Huey. Take the 
<laughs> well, good for him. I I, yeah. I was I was I was fooled. I was fooled. I thought he was just this yokel. Oh. This stumble bum Don Knotts character who was mm-hmm. literally trying to be a yo-yo performer and was not good at and it. And he played of, the awkward pauses perfectly oh, in that oh, segment. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Think of the, convic- the conviction it takes <laughs> to do that, yeah. to stay in character yeah, like very that. Good, very good, very good. I also do... Oh, go ahead, Jen. I was just going to say later in the story, speaking of staying in character, he was in some class, his buddy said, and they, he did this long story about being in a gang. And if you see the guy, he's just a complete yeah, nerd looking. He's a cracker. And, and he did it all straight. And n- never broke a smile. And everybody bought game. it in the classroom. He was a gang member. But I remember you when this happened. See, I had a preconceived notion. Questioning. I had a preconceived notion. Uh, uh, Guilty. Uh, appearances on. Uh, they didn't ver- you said they didn't verify this guy. That's wor- See, I was placing the blame on the news gatherers. Yes. When I'm he guilty to, of preconception. He went to great lengths to fool, to, to circumvent them, yeah. and and they didn't verify before they put them but on. But we all thought what I was thinking back then. Yes, we did. We yes. all thought. Yeah. It'd be fun to find out where those anchors are now. Did they, in fact, go to the next level? <laughs> oh, or, hell, they're probably in New York, or, in or, NBC, or, Nightly well, know, News. The gal I'm talking about, she now works on the West Coast. So I forget if it's San Diego, San Francisco, so that's, or a, that's one of the bigger ones. Yeah. yeah. That was fantastic. <laughs> Here's a classic case of close enough, according to Mike Morissette. I don't know if it's a case of close enough. I know what I think it's a case of. You got a British Airways flight that took off from London City Airport to Dusseldorf, Germany, yeah. and landed in Edinburgh, Scotland instead. Whoops. And they said, whoops, <laughs> we got the wrong info here on our computer. How many of you want to still want to go to Dusseldorf? And they all raised their hands. Oh, yeah. They took off again and went to Dusseldorf. And Mike says, close enough. I think it's an example of, no, you had one job. You had one job. <laughs> you had one job. Were they on the Blue Angel plan? taking her down? Yeah, they must have been. They're going to take the Huey now. How does that even happen? I mean, how did the air traffic controllers not say, hey, hey, wait a minute? Uh, passengers on a British Airways flight from London City to Dusseldorf were met with a surprise. They went down in Edinburgh. The travel error happened because of an incorrectly filed flight plan leading both the pilot and cabin crew to believe the flight was bound for Edinburgh. The flight was operated by German leasing company WDL and Aviation on behalf of the British Airways subsidiary airline BA City Flyer. The incorrect flight plan was filed at WDL Aviation's offices in Germany. After it landed in Edinburgh, the plane took off a second time and went to Dusseldorf. Close enough, says Mike, and I say, no, you had one job. I love the pilot. One job. The pilot coming over the uh, intercom. uh, How many of you actually really want? (laughs) Do you think he tried to talk him into stairs? I don't know. I don't know. Yes, I do. Started mentioning all the lovely sights around and the things to see. Well, people were looking out the window and they were saying, this ain't Dusseldorf. (laughs) Not that it would be that simple to to just punch in these three codes, but the airport code for uh, Dusseldorf is D-U-S, and the airport code for Edinburgh is E-D-I. So they're not yeah, even... They don't even look It's alike. not even... It's not like I-A-D and I-U-D. How would you know this? I just looked them both up. You have a up. friend at the airport? I have a friend that, that um, he memorizes airport I do codes. have family uh, who do work for the airlines, and that's the first thing. You, I don't think you can even get a job working for the airline unless you know all the airport codes. Yeah, you codes. have to know. Right. Remember you asked me yesterday what one of them was? O'Hare. And, and the, 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 D, the D threw me off. Yeah. It's yeah. O-R-D. Right. I wonder why. 
<laughs> we don't we don't go down that road. Don't go. Can we can we have a Johnny Height newscast today, <laughs> please? Uh, when we come back. Many hats, just not indoors. Joe Suchere. Here's our man, Height. Thank you, Joe. Uh, one local sports note before we get going on news here. Twins, of course, get their season underway Thursday at Target Field, and there's some new things you might notice at the old ballpark. One of those, a living wall, which started going up in the dead of winter. And the Twins are ready to show off a 2,280-square-foot batter's eye that consists of 5,700 juniper plants. It's the first of its I thought we had to get rid of those because they were troubling the pine trees. trees. That was the trees, yeah. yeah. Well, this is still a big pile of green out well, there. Why won't this be a distraction like the trees were? Yeah. It's the first, what I want to know, Rook. Yeah. It's the first of its kind for Major League Baseball, one of the largest living walls in the country. The goal? Mix natural beauty with playability. <laughs> To make sure it bat- does look cool, the photos from yeah. online. It does look cool. I'm pro juniper. Sure. To make uh, sure. a couple of you idiots have uh, gone down there for that home run thing. Yeah, yeah. Derby. You before want to do it this game. year? Uh, what do you see when you look out there? Well, it's just a brick wall. You stand at second base. You don't stand at home plate. Yeah. You but, hit from second base. So I, it's so it's not even distracting not from really. second. No, I, I usually see that the hot dog stand is unattended. And he's a little bit behind <laughs> with the steam coming off the. You know, uh, I, I I hate to be the one to console our guy to my right here, the rookster. You know what today also was, right? March twenty sixth. <sighs> it's today the was, first time I've missed it, and I don't know how many years. Today was the taste of Target Field. Yeah, we, you're we, we kidding. Weren't, we weren't you there. We missed didn't it? even. Well, we didn't get invited. Holy mackerel. Eleven hand chewers oh. up the hall got invited, though, right? Eleven hand chewers up the hall got invited and could not perform on camera the way I could have and reviewed the fine we just, uh, consumables there that were there. Cast. We just call them sucklers. Sure would just, like to do the news. I just, almost swore there, by the way. Just call them sucklers. News. Yeah. Unbelievable. I like the news. They had, like, this Sorry. new burger, too. Yeah, hey, probably a little bourbon. Rare is the day that Matthew gets mad. Holy shears. <laughs> Sorry for your loss, Rook. It is. Thank you, John. Holy I appreciate Nikes, that. Holy Grandma. Yes, thank you, Joe. I appreciate that as well. You know Did that you... story far, far away? Or no singer. <laughs> uh, George Irwin from Green Living Technologies International said we had to eliminate, number one, movement and plant material. You can't have movement in the background when there's hitters hitting. And number two, you have to have contrast. You have a white ball, so you clearly can't have a white background. Uh, also, I, I would have been able to figure that out. <laughs> also new this season, the Gate 34 experience, including new vendors and an added 9,300 square feet inside the ballpark. Also, Gate 34 could be your fastest way to your seat. Clear, which is known for its airport security, will now operate out of Gate 34, getting you into the stadium with a touch of your fingers. What is the modern ball club attempting to do it's not just here it's all over the major leagues um entertain their fans no yep. you're almost have, there have people who don't follow baseball or want That's to watch right. uh, they're, they're making this an experience for people who don't give a bleep about hey, where's baseball. the taco stand right. last right. year we went was it last year that we did uh opening day did we do GL at I, Target Field? I, I'm unaware that we did. Yeah, I, I had the kids so. with the bride, and I said, I want to go home so I can watch the game. Yeah. Because we couldn't. It, it's impossible to be there and watch the game. Yeah, we were out on the plaza. Were we? Were I we think last so. Year? Hmm. 
Okay. Twin season yep. officially gets underway Thursday when we will not be out on the plaza when the team hosts Cleveland. So that's just two days away. John, yep. that reminds me, you got you got to do the thing, the, yeah. the baseball we package on my the, phone. If you're a T-Mobile customer today, you get the free baseball package. You get every baseball game played this year. Loser. Wow. I'm going to say one more dumb thing about the schedule. Not only was it dumb to open here in March, but they're going to get away with it. But why would you schedule Friday as the off day? They always no, do. No, I understand. My point being... What if the weather's bad Friday and Saturday? In other words, what if Friday's a nice day and Saturday isn't? Isn't next year's schedule out already? I no. Mean, no. Did I make year. any sense? Yes. No. Play yeah, Thursday, you make sense to it me. Does, Play Thursday and Friday, and if you get but, Friday's game in, great. If does, you don't, so you, sh- you say this every year. You've do? said this every year since oh. this new ballpark so, opened. Get the games out of the way while you know it could be nice. And That's then, it, then you, have a, you have an open That's day. That's what I'm discussing. The but they didn't end. schedule these games last week. They've been on the schedule a long, For a long time. time. Just, it still doesn't harm my point. My point is, why don't you schedule Thursday? And Friday, you have you know Saturday what? in case you need it. You know what, smart guy? You put together the MLB schedule. <laughs> I couldn't for, possibly imagine the next, algorithm that for must next be year. Do it next yeah. year, right now. No, I think Do what he's right saying now. is he misses the Metrodome. I think you're we didn't right. have to worry about the weather. Oh my and goodness, whatnot. you're yeah. right. No, I always had the two stadium solution. I would That's have played right, in the Metrodome yeah. on May 15th. You would have had two home openers, the whole deal. I had it figured out yeah, from day one. Because your taxes don't. Well, go I think it's just. I think it's just you would have the two. Home openers, the whole deal really doesn't expand much beyond the two home openers. The whole deal. Yeah. Have the whole deal. Yeah. <laughs> Sweeten the pot. You got everything. You got everything. You go, after okay, the two home go openers. back inside September 15th. Two Although, closers, two uh, every, finales. Yeah. Every year. I'm just glad Roycey's not here to be yelling in agreement with you. Although my favorite oh, part geez. about the new stadium is Twins president Dave St. Peter is very active on Twitter. Yeah. And all the so. tweets he gets when there's bad weather, can you guys just play at U.S. Bank Stadium instead? Yeah. Oh, that's that's my that's highlight. highlight. I got one, base, uh, one Facebook friend uh, who I love dearly. Jeff, how are you? Uh, who always, every time there's a rainout, see, they should have put a roof on there. Okay, thanks. <laughs> How many rainouts they have last year? About two? Yeah, exactly. I do remember when uh, Joe presented this uh, theory to Dave St. Peter, the Twins president. The two stadiums. And he just kind of laughed it off and said, oh, okay, Joe. You're and adorable. <laughs> yeah, patted him. It gave him an audio pat on the head and said, thanks, Joe. Uh, news notes, the trade war and bad spring weather hit Minnesota farmers while they were already down in 2018, leaving them with their least profitable year in three decades. Median farm income in 2018 was $26,055. That's down 8% from 2017, capping off a half-decade run of poor years for farming after the boom of the early 2010s. All of this comes from the University of Minnesota Extension. Profitability varied by type of farm. Beef and dairy farmers were worse off, and crop farmers were better off. But overall, 2018 was the worst year for farmers in Minnesota since the farm crisis in the early 1980s. Farmers struggling on several fronts, dairy farmers wrestling with overproduction, plummeting prices, and widespread consolidation. Medium in, uh, median income at a dairy farm in Minnesota dropped by nearly two-thirds last year. That's huge. From forty-three grand to less than Fifteen. I have a question. Fifteen grand, Such. That's all they can do is buy groceries, yep. if that. Yep. I have a question about farming and renting out your land. Does that guarantee you an income and it's on whoever rented and is farming that land? Yeah. That yeah. they take the loss and the, the farmer gets the... The rent is guaranteed, yeah. From rent time to time, due. From time to time, like tillable, the rent on uh, tillable has dropped a little bit. 
and the owner will go ahead and drop the payment. Here we go, Mr. But Green. It's usually it's usually a case of the re- the farmer usually raises his own rent in okay. order to keep the books. Hey, <laughs> Here's Kenny with news from the crappy coffee shop. <laughs> in order to keep the books even, a farmer will oftentimes, if he had a really good year and the value of the farmland, the tillable has gone up, they'll raise their own rent. Okay. And it's not all bad news, that story uh, you read, John. Mm-hmm. Uh, the top 20 farms in Minnesota, uh, their average income was 184 so that's a little better. Joe, you guys think Kenny's theme music is dumb, but I submit he's much more clever than all of you. I can see a time in the future when the podcast is considered both offensive and dangerous to different groups of people. When the thought police finally come for you guys and don't have enough room in the paddy wagon, they're going to say to each other, just forget that one. He's that dumb hillbilly. (laughs) (laughs) He's essentially made himself the lowest common denominator that he can pretend to be to authorities. Now whose music is dumb? Good luck, Mike. Boy, that's that's a great point. That's the nicest hate mail I've ever received my whole life. (laughs) I value Kenny's opinion. In fact, I uh, sent him a message this weekend, and I opened it with, all right, country boy, I got a question. <laughs> oh, you should spill that for these guys, especially Suge. Out in my front, I went to get my paper Sunday morning, and all the snow is almost melted. Front yard, and laying there is a decapitated rabbit. Really? No head in sight. Fox. Uh, fox would eat it. Fox would have taken it, yeah. The bigger the, like, the bigger the fox and the coyote would probably just chew it up and take what they need because it's a small meal. But then the, what was it? The smaller predators, the uh, mink and the weasel, they'll take a head off and, right. and be gone. Um, but hey, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> They're cutting him off on his own. <laughs> but what I've seen a lot is hawk. Uh, hawks will, will take a head off and then mysteriously just drop just the body drop the and body. leave it. Yeah. And sometimes an eagle, too. But, you know, this... So are you saying the carcass was really old? Uh, it didn't look old, no. It did not look Because old this time of year... It looked the, pretty fresh. The eagles would be... Uh, I, th- I think they'd keep it. I, I had one other person it. who ventured owl as an opinion. Is that... Yeah, the, yeah, absolutely. They're a predator. Yeah. I missed the damn boomstick. Mm-hmm. A two-foot-long hot dog covered in chili nacho cheese, grilled onions, and jalapenos. Are you serious? What else did I miss? I have never seen Matthew as Hot angry. Indian foods. They're in the uh, Midtown Global Market. You know what? I'm going down there to kick their ass. Why don't you Why check don't with you... the guys down the hall? Maybe they Curds and cakes. Stuff. Why don't you come clean for our listeners and tell everybody why you're so upset? I didn't get to go down didn't there. get the free food. Free food. You free booze. You didn't get your press pass. And I didn't get my press pass, <laughs> yeah. so I can't sneak right, into there. enough, John. Chicken parm. <laughs> He's really outraged. Whatever this is. It's yeah. not an act. Target, Target Corporation has announced plans to remodel nine stores in the Twin Cities metro area this year. That remodeling project, which uh, release said will mean an investment of about $50 million, part of the company's broader plans to remodel more than 1,000 stores across the country by the end of 2020. Renovations at the metro area stores range in scope, but they're expected to include enhancements to merchandise displays, specialty lighting, separate order pickup, and guest service counters, and the addition of a nursing space. The Twin Cities area locations scheduled to be remodeled include Bloomington, Crystal, Shakopee, Edina, and several more. The Supreme Court is so far declining to stop the Trump administration from enforcing its ban on bump stock devices, which allow semi-automatic weapons to fire like machine guns. The ban took effect Tuesday. The Trump administration is in a position it's not usually in 
arguing against gun rights groups. Gun rights groups asked the court Monday to keep the government from beginning to enforce the ban for now, but Chief Justice John Roberts declined a request for the court to get involved Tuesday. President Trump said last year that the government would move to ban bump stocks. The action followed a 2017 Las Vegas shooting where bump stocks were used. 58 people killed in that shooting. Can I, can I just say one thing? If you want to really be super inaccurate, use a bump stock. All right. Seriously. Because all you do is it go. the first two shots are accurate, and then the rest of them walk right up. They go straight up. President Trump on Tuesday ratcheting up attacks on the media after the conclusion of that two-year investigation by special counsel Robert Mueller. That, uh, of course, did not establish coordination between Trump and Russia on election interference. Uh, Trump, in a tweet, said the mainstream media is under fire and being scorned all over the world as being corrupt and fake. For two years, they pushed the Russian collusion delusion. Ha! Russian nice. Collusion delusion. When they always knew there was no collusion, they truly are the enemy of the people and the real opposition party. The president cited uh, no evidence to back up unfounded assertion that media organizations knew that he had not coordinated with Russia during the 2016 presidential campaign. The president has vid- visited the Harley factory, hasn't he? I yes, believe he has. I, I you think, think he has so. a bike? And if he does, I want him to get a hold of DennisKirk.com because the riding season is about to begin, not only here but in Washington, D.C. DennisKirk.com with more than 160,000 products in stock for you and your bike. Doesn't make any difference whether you ride a Harley, a Cruiser, or a sport bike. They'll even take care of Guardi's trike. They have it. And if you're in a hurry for something you need, place an order by 8 p.m. today from the coolest website in the bike business, and you'll get it tomorrow. That might be hard to believe, but that's the way DennisKirk.com does business. DennisKirk.com. Order today and get it tomorrow. From Spartanburg, South Carolina. Home of Wooford. Not only. You know what I think of when I think of Spartanburg, South Carolina? What do you think of? Uh, Live album. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, from Spartanburg, South Carolina. The Marshall Tucker Band. Really? Oh, yeah. Damn, yeah. Is that the VD song? What? The VD song. I, it hurts when I pee. Oh, it hurts when I pee. Oh, that woman, that dirty-legged woman gave me VD. Oh, I love a newsman who has a guitar. Hell yeah. <laughs> he was sweet. Anyway, uh, yeah, Toy Caldwell, he was a great guitar player. Is he still he's, with us? He's not. He died, uh, apparently, from... At first, they said he died from... from that woman? Uh, well... The woman that no, gave he, him... He died from using too much cocaine, unfortunately. Oh. Anyway, that's what the official... They were a wonderful group. Of. They were a great band. Yep. Yeah, about the first six albums were... Yep. Uh, anyway, Spartanburg, South Carolina. Authorities say a man sprayed Axe body spray into his mouth to cover the smell of alcohol. Oh, that always works. Does that work? Wow. I didn't know that works. That stuff is so gross. That's in my uh, loose leaf binder. <laughs> I've never done that. Right. I've done mean, a lot. I've never, never done that. Axe body spray right. in my mouth. The <laughs> state newspaper reports Spartanburg County Sheriff's... De- I can't... See, I always have to say it like the guy in the album. Yeah. Spartanburg. Spartanburg. Ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Stop 49-year-old Efren Mencia Ramirez Saturday night after they say he sped past a deputy on Interstate 85 and swerved into another lane. The incident report says there was a 12-pack of beer on the floor. About 10 of those beers were pretty much empty. The report says, Road beer. The report says Mencia Ramirez also had an open bottle between his legs, exhibited signs of intoxication, and failed field sobriety tests. He faces various charges, including 
driving under the influence. You know, Efron, when they stop you and they see the bottle there and all the empty beer cans, spraying deodorant in your mouth is too, it's no. too late. Yeah, Let it's me too freshen late up, officer. Yeah. <laughs> in Pennsylvania, Montgomery County group of men is looking to help other men through the therapeutic power of cuddling. <laughs> Duluth double foghorn, Matt. <laughs> I know a guy. Uh. That... <laughs> men cuddling men? Yep. Okay. According to their meetup. Why don't you get over here, Suits? Come on. Nope. According to their meetup page, the men. I move my sling. <laughs> <laughs> According to I their... am not a homosexual. I know you are. According to their meetup page, the men's therapeutic cuddle group's goal is, quote, to provide a safe, structured, and platonic environment. For, I still am not a homo. I know you are. For men to experience the three A's. Do you know what the three A's are? Lay it on. I, I am get, a homo. Acceptance. Oh. <laughs> affirmation. <laughs> and, and affection. I see. That's the, wonderful. What was the first one after Kenny said? Affirmation and affection? <laughs> do, and they, acceptance. do they get to spoon? Do they lay down and cuddle, or is it standing and cuddling? Is there a place you go to do this, a storefront? The group Can I sit six. on the guy's lap facing him oh, and okay. cuddle that way? Oh, God. The group is accepting of men from all backgrounds. Come here, Suji boy. No. No. <laughs> but notes that men with back or knee injuries... Or those suffering from obesity. What about what about uh, his arm in a sling? They <laughs> find it difficult to fully participate. The group obese would be tough. Obese you know, you don't want tough. some yeah. big tubby to yeah, get right. I mean, crush you. The group establishes safe touch boundaries before every session and only allows non-sexual cuddling. What, what just moved? Right. That's my non-safe area. Participants must remain fully clothed at all times and must shower before meetings. Oh, I'm out. The meetup page. You're just out because you won't sign the agreement. Don't you usually shower after? Oh, my God. My God. Excuse me. Let me read John's shocked that this story went south. <laughs> yeah. The meetup page. You don't even know any better by now, do you? No. no. Meet- Let's go here. Yeah. The meetup page also <laughs> notes that most men experience some level of arousal during cuddling. That's enough. It says. <laughs> That's Patrick's safe word. You are becoming way too aroused for That's me. That's enough. The uh, meetup page notes the arousal is completely normal. We're all guys. We just ignore it. There's no shame here. Oh, the hell there isn't. Okay. Wow. <laughs> a Dutch art detective dubbed the Indiana Jones of the art world has struck again, finding a Picasso that's worth 25 million euros. It had been stolen from a Saudi sheikh's yacht on the French Riviera. Yes, it is. <laughs> Enough, Patrick. Cold shower time, please. Arthur Brand said he had handed back the 1938 masterpiece entitled Portrait of Dora Mar, also known as, well, I should get Rook's help with this, Bustier de Femme. Bustier de Femme? Yeah, there you go. To an insurance company earlier this month. The discovery of the rare portrait of Mar, one of Picasso's most influential mistresses, is the culmination of a four-year investigation into the burglary on a luxury yacht, Coral Island, as she lay anchored in Antibes. Two decades after its theft, with no clues of its whereabout, the French police were stumped until he ran down a four-year trail, the investigator, and found it. Uh, it's now back in the possession of the insurance company. 
uh, which has to decide the next steps. How come when I look this up, uh, images on Google, I get all sorts of different portraits of Dora Mar? It's a very interesting uh, Did he do a series of them? Uh, it's that one. The, the painting looks like the Partridge family's bus. I mean, it's really not. <laughs> well, Picasso wasn't the. Yeah. Sanibel Jim, who loves to give us the needle, noted that we were talking about our garage door opener and said the palm tree just saw its shadow in February, and we learned that we have 52 more weeks of summer. Braggadocio. Oh, ah, nice, Jimmy. So, in that man. last story, did yeah. the insurance company pay off? The owner, and that's uh, they, why they have it in their hands again, or they have it in their hands, and now they decide where it goes from here. Okay, that's what the got uh, it. it's back in the possession of the insurance company, which now has to decide the next. Okay. I, I missed how it got ripped off in the first place. Uh, was was this a, a World War II thing? No, it was a boat thing. Oh, oh yeah, that's thing. right. Boat was sitting right, idle, right? And, right, and, uh, right. They, uh, apparently, the people storing it, by the way, had it in. You know, the garbage sacks using your house, black ones. They just stuffed a couple around it. Or Shove it behind the refrigerator. They don't deserve it back. No, that's the guys that stole it, not the, oh, okay. not the bad guys. Okay. They don't deserve it back either. <laughs> and police in Germany evacuated several buildings in six cities throughout Germany on Tuesday. You okay, Joe? You still right. with us? Did you fall down again? Yep. God, I wish I had been taping that. <laughs> I, I don't see a children's toy on the floor over there. <laughs> Is that that's the excuse, huh? See, I wasn't here. Oh, yesterday. We're, not, no, we're not supposed to talk about it. Oh, I yeah, see. No, we're I not, see. We're not don't talking. reference Kenny's. Um, uh, what are you? MSP underscore traffic. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Don't don't don't. Yep. Don't mention okay. the nine tweets Kenny sent. <laughs> well, I, I saw. I saw him. I just wasn't sure what happened. Anyway, police in Germany evacuated several buildings in six cities on Tuesday after bomb threats were emailed to city officials. Officials in Kaiserslautern, mm. ah, Chemnitz. Oh yeah. Rendsburg, oh, sure. Augsburg, yep. Gottingen, oh, yeah. and Nunkirchen received the threats to general email boxes. In Gottingen, police searched the building but said they found no cause for concern. Streets around the area were then reopened about two hours later, but the town hall remained closed for the day, according to police. Well, Johnny, that was fantastic. Thanks. That was fantastic. I think the guitar, the guitar made it. We'll be right back. <laughs> Have you noticed the consolidation happening to commercial insurance agencies today? This is Patrick Ricey for the Canopy Group. The big just keep getting bigger, and you and your business continue to get passed around until you become a dreaded house account. You have been consolidated. All of this was done to you without your control. Get options and take control of your company's insurance program. Have the Canopy Group help you gain a commercial insurance strategy that makes your business more attractive to the insurance industry. The more insurance companies that we can get interested in your business, the more competitive your pricing will be. If your business is renewing in March, April, or May and is paying less than $80,000 in premium, don't accept being a house account. Get the attention you deserve with the Canopy Group. Visit thecanopygroup.com or call 800-967-3389, 800-967-3389, The Canopy Group. You'll learn more here by accident than elsewhere by design. Here's Joe Souchere. Keith D. Olson in Terry, Montana writes, I guess besides cow flatulence, we are hosed 
out here in eastern Montana. I think that the cottonwood is the most prevalent tree near the creeks here on the prairie, and he steers me to a National Geographic story where we learn that trees release methane and are ruining the climate. No! (laughs) No! I wish I wouldn't have planted all those trees. (laughs) In 1907, Francis W. Bushong, a a chemistry professor at the University of Kansas, reported a novel finding in the journal Chemical and Physical Papers. He's found methane, the main ingredient in natural gas, in a tree. Years earlier, he'd cut down some cottonwood trees and observed the formation of bubbles in the sap upon the freshly cut trunk, stump, and chips. When he struck a match, the gas ignited into a blue flame. Oh, no kidding. At the university, he replicated the flame test on a campus cottonwood and this time captured gas samples. The concentration of methane was not much below the level measured in samples from Kansas natural gas fields. An expanding network of researchers has discovered that methane flowing out of trees from the vast flooded forests of the Amazon basin to Borneo, to Borneo soggy wetlands from temperate, temperate upland woods in Maryland and Hungary and all over the world, the forested mountain slopes in China uh, are emitting uh, methane and, and we're all going to die. So <laughs> it's a long, long National Geographic piece. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but my point is uh, that emissions, there are trillions of trees on the world. At the global scale, this could be huge, and uh, it's a call for help from a host of disciplines not yet focused on the issue, so we can't win. Uh, the trees are going to get us, and they uh, they emit methane. And I looked at the video, and sure enough, the guy holds up a match to a Cut cottonwood cottonwood and boom, there goes the blue flame. Does it mention any other species of trees or just Uh, the cottonwood? Because he's right, the cottonwood, when you cut one down, boy, it comes pouring out of the stump and uh, out of the trunk. Yeah, and same with maple and and other uh, trees like that. Much of the methane now found to be escaping from trees in wet conditions is thought simply to be micro... Microbial. See, I have trouble with that. Microbial. You like to call it microbial. 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 Methane pumped up and out as oxygen flows down to the roots. But other scientists are finding many instances in which trees produce their own methane, sometimes sometimes from microbes in the heartwood or other tissues, and in other cases from a remarkable direct photochemical reaction thought to be driven by ultraviolet wavelengths. So uh, what are the lessons for climate policy? Uh, I guess we shouldn't have any trees. Uh, I was always taught that trees were good for the environment. Yeah, I keep, thought so. Keep planting them. Uh, and that was one of the things I've always hung my hat on. It's like, well, I plant more trees than you libs. You know what, though? If I <laughs> was know, the, I think, I think the answer here is you academics, quit going around with your big lighter and lighting trees on fire. To okay. Methane. <laughs> That's right. Solved. <laughs> you know, boom, solved. I just solved it. Light your farts on fire yeah, instead. Right. That's more fun. <laughs> yeah. leave, leave the trees alone. <laughs> leave the trees alone and we'll be just fine. <sighs> more email? Yeah. Andrew writes, it seems, uh, it seems the dark people will bring about their own extinction. A growing number of people referring to themselves as birth strikers are choosing not to reproduce as they don't want to subject their children to the horrors of so-called climate change. If that's not a ray of hope, I'm not sure what is. I've seen this story. There are women who are uh, uh, not going to have children, and that's going to save 
That's going to save the earth. Oh. Uh, background me again, uh, the re- the dark people reference. So Those don't are the get people who move to cities. They get the closest to the country's tallest buildings, and then they complain that they can see lights out their window. <laughs> like the, the First Avenue uh, sign, that the yeah. First Bank sign that says... <laughs> they're not dark people in terms of race, okay, euphorians? They're dark because yes. they embrace the darkness of life. They move to a center of commerce and want it to go dark. Speaking of darkness, uh, last Saturday was supposed to be a big night for viewing the North. Northern Lights. Yeah, I, I, I went out at midnight, pitch black all around me, didn't see anything. Yeah, but my didn't wife told me one. it was between 2 and 5 p.m. Were you up, up north? Yeah. Oh, you should have seen him up there. You wouldn't have had a shot here. No, I, I saw where the was, green line was. I was up north, and I didn't see a thing. Wow. Uh, uh, Craig in uh, uh, Grand Forks, I believe, has a uh, thought on socialism. I've been listening to you for a while from God's country here in Grand Forks. I always... I had to listen to you online, so your move to a podcast was not a big change for me. I heard this on Fox News and wanted to pass it along. What did socialists use for lighting before candles? Oh. Electricity. Uh, what Shame on you. I was actually thinking torches. What did they use? Cottonwood electricity. electricity. Well, Gabe would have used uh, tiki torch oil, right? Yeah, just light a match one. Uh, great uh, ruling requested here, uh, the ruling of Solomon, regarding the common surface savings and loan. Okay. Uh, Your Honor, my wife and I live in an apartment complex. We have laundry facilities for the use of all residents. Now and then, the CP will find change on the floor and sometimes in the machines. These fines are not in question. But inside the facility, there's a machine which you put money into and receive a plastic card. Then you insert the card in the machine and load it with money so you can use it to run the laundry machines. The issue is, she found one of those cards still in one of the laundry dryers, but the machine had no clothes in it and there was no one else in the building. Is this card considered common surface? It still had $10.06 on it. Your insight and wisdom would be very helpful. I'm thinking that it should be turned into the office. However, there are no names on these cards. The CP thinks it's common surface, and she's keeping it. My ruling is the CP is correct. Wow. Well, yeah, there's no name. Well, how is she supposed to go it. find the owner of a $10 card right. when there's no name on it? Now, if it was 450 bucks, I'd have a different ruling. Mm-hmm. Or if it says... But I'm, I'm ruling as a mayor here. If $10, says, you keep it. Rick M., yeah. It's Rick M's. What if the customer in front of you at a convenience store leaves a 20 on the counter and starts walking it, uh, walking away? Um, do do you, you yell at the person, hey, you forgot your 20? I actually did the right thing this morning. Did you? Good. Yeah. I would hope so. Well, that's like Bobby with the reverse drive-off. Yep. Paid for his Paid gas, for gas and went and home without getting took gas. Off. <laughs> <laughs> drive-off. <laughs> reverse drive-off. <laughs> Brian writes, Joe, isn't it ironic that... Uh, the Euphorians want to pull Mark Twain off the shelf because of the use of the N-word, but Hollywood makes a movie called The Green Book with N-words in it and wins an Oscar. Love the podcast. Oh, it, that's been my point um, as the last, what, five movies from Quentin Tarantino? The N-word is its like mentioned hundreds of times. That's okay. They're the elite. It's Samuel Jackson's in there spewing right. it nonstop. It's, it's, his movies have become unwatchable. Boy, I don't know where to be speaking to Samuel Jackson. Because uh, I love Barkley, and I love Jackson, mm-hmm. but I hold Spike Lee in reserve. <laughs> I don't know where I am. I don't like Spike Lee's politics. But those three guys have more fun doing ads. Yes, they do. For credit cards or right, what have right. you. And 
Oh, the latest one where he's got, he's got the, the snack. He's got, no, he's got the horn, the air horn. Well, that Bartley. too. But he also has the snack stadium set up for oh, the yeah. final four. Yes. That yeah. one's pretty good. <laughs> Oh, Mike Charles writes, Broccoli. Mike, uh, Mike writes, if you do a remote broadcast for the GL opener and it does not hit 70, would that be the equivalent failure of Geraldo Rivera's broadcast of yes. Al Capone's <laughs> yes. 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 Even worse. And he says, asking for a friend. <laughs> <laughs> and your answer is yes? I don't have to answer no, that yeah, one. Absolutely, it's yes. And Chief Offsite Correspondent Kelsey notes, me getting up and walking out of yesterday's podcast before it was over makes me makes him think I'm the LeBron James of podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to get up and go. Hey, <laughs> what? You better bring that up. What? You better issue an apology. To what? Well, Dummy went on a rant both on the show today and then on social media. I tweeted got, out today. And then got caught with his tail between his no, legs. No, I don't oh. think his tail between my legs. Here's what I did. I tweeted out today. Well, I, just, I, I only say this because Dave listens yeah, to the show. Yeah, no, he's, and he's, I wasn't ripping. I wasn't ripping him. I said uh, today, 22 minutes ago. Ex- feeling extremely sad I was not invited to the Target Field Eats this year for the first time ever. And I tagged Dave St. Peter and all their GL people. And then I just got a text from Twins President Dave St. Peter. <laughs> hey, Rook, I saw your tweet. Following up with our folks, was told you were invited. Many score North folks were in attendance. Clearly, we have miscommunication here. My apologies on behalf of the Twins. Yeah. How so often does bad. that happen? The Prez responds no, to so, but he's he's Here's what happened. Oh, he's here's so what cool. happened. It's in your stupid email somewhere, and you no, went through it. I don't. Ha- I I don't have anything in my email here saying that. Uh, Otherwise, I would. Dave, what he really wants is a press pass. You should have heard him <laughs> sobbing <laughs> off the air. I didn't say air. anything about that. Oh I mean. my goodness! Well, we're going to come back with Mister Height. Just a moment, then, please. Now, what other food can I look up? <laughs> Are you ready for a different point of view? Say, this is Josh Arnold, Mr. Money Talk. I'm here, as always, to answer your questions on stocks, bonds, mutual funds, what you should be doing with your retirement dollars. But, of course, you do have to give me a call at 952-925-5608. With much market volatility on the horizon, you're going to need some help. So give me a call at 952-925-5608. You always get straight talk, not sugar-coated advice from me. Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold. I'm here to help you personally set your portfolio to deal with this upcoming volatility. So make a point to give me a call for a no-cost, no-obligation, 48-minute review at 952-925-5608. Investment advisor services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a registered advisor in the state of Minnesota. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. This guy has seen more urban wildlife than a DNR field agent with a Ph.D., Joe Souchere. Joe, what are you thinking? One size rarely fits all. Got it. That's why Federated Mutual Insurance Company, Owatonna, Minnesota's own, tailors its insurance programs to individual businesses. Federated offers property and casualty, life, disability, income insurance, Their marketing reps are the best in the business. They get to know you, the owner, and they get to know how your business operates, and that allows them to customize the coverage you need. Driving, they'll take care of you with uh, auto liability. Worried about a cyber attack, you might need data compromise coverage. Your business is unique. 
You need an insurance carrier who treats it that way. Get in touch with a federated insurance marketing representative to see how their second-to-none service can help your business thrive because at Federated, it's their business to protect yours. Here's John Height. Thank you, Joe. Former U.S. Ambassador to the United Nations, Nikki Haley, will be in town. Uh, she'll take part in a moderated discussion at Bethel Synagogue in St. Louis Park, 7 o'clock on May 19th. The event is part of the synagogue's National Speaker Series. Haley was the U.N. Ambassador from 2017 until this year. Prior to that, she was the governor of South Carolina. That was fascinating, John, but the off-air discussion <laughs> we were just having while Joe was yeah, doing I, I that ad, Drive-By Truckers, that song oh, was a truckers. direct rip-off of Ronnie and Neil by Drive-By well, Truckers. You'll have to talk to my kid about yeah. that. I, don't know. Yeah, I disagree. A, I think it was more bass-driven. Drive-By Truckers are great bass. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I'm not disputing that. Very, yeah. Me too. Very cool. Anyway. Can, you, can you give me a couple of riffs of Drive-By yeah. Truckers any and see chance, what they sound like? Any chance well, you know that? Song. I, I, I mean, know. he has to set it up. Da, he wasn't prepared da, for this. Da, 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 da. But it's that screaming guitar. That's well, so. I don't that's have my nice guitar and, set up to be yeah, screaming. Yours is nice and clean. That sound. That does sound good. What was the What was the wah wah you were going to play when Joe told the joke? I want to hear it. Oh, Joe told. And me. she stepped on. Oh, yeah. Okay, wait. Grab it. And the, she stepped the on the ball. Oh. Ready? Yeah. Yep. I'm not. Oh. oh. Yeah. yeah See, that's close it. enough. Yeah. One more time. No. No. There you go. Not bad. Sounds like a trumpet. Not bad. Just finding the right key. Yeah. There, it's, right. Well, we, we threw that over at Joe, you. I think we lost our newsman. <laughs> oh, I, I got to practice. You guys just talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> right. Give me your script. I'll read the news. <laughs> Uh, where was I? Isn't it nice to have a news guy that can play the guitar, though? Just, I think we've said that. You just finished oh. one. You were about to city, start another. City councils in two more Minnesota communities have voted to raise the legal age for tobacco sales to 21. This is really not a news story anymore, is it? It because really is. Every, every, ban every, the crap. Every city's doing it. Uh, Arden Hills and Albert Lee now have passed the Tobacco 21 ordinances. That happened Monday night. As part of the same ordinance, Arden Hills also voted to ban sales of all flavored tobacco products in the city. A city official said that vote passed by a five to nothing margin. Does that mean chewing tobacco too? Do you, do you have to get rid of spearmint and all that? I stuff? saw my first vapor yesterday. Two kids walking down the sidewalk, and one of them had a cigarette going. And I thought, "Well, it's a smoker," but no smoke. I didn't see any smoke. It must have been a vapor. Well, there's a lot of smoke from vapors. <laughs> well, then I don't know what he had, but it dissipates right away. Yeah, yeah but it goes out immediately. So you got a big puff, puff of smoke. It looks like a hard right. Looks like you got Such, four cigarettes. Do you suppose he was puffing on a one hitter. Could have been. Well, there you go. Do vapors ever? Um, uh, inhale, and then whatever they have to say is so important, they can't wait to exhale, so they talk with all the smoke coming out like smokers do. <laughs> I was loving smokers do that. Yeah, the old Bogart thing. Before they can exhale. What I'm saying is so important, I just have to tell you while I'm exhaling. The Department of Transportation, a former traffic man, maybe you could help with this, <laughs> is telling drivers to prepare for upcoming lane and ramp closures and travel delays on Interstate 35W between County Road C in Roseville and Sunset Avenue on the Blaine Line of Lakes border. Oh, that's up north. Okay. John, yes. what I can tell My you way. is uh, about that situation, I have no idea. <laughs> it's the I-35W North Min Pass project, and it'll begin this Sunday. Oh. Three-year project. We'll see the construction of Min Pass Express Lanes and the repaving of the freeway and ramps between the freeway and local wait, wait, roads. Wait, wait, wait. We're starting to an- fix the other project first. Oh, shut up, taxpayer. All right. Get her done. 
In addition, the 35W bridges over County Road C and County Road I are scheduled to be replaced. So 35W northbound, my way home is going to be a mess for three years, it sounds like. Welcome to the club, son. Well, it already is a mess every afternoon. Here, Reavers, track this guy down for your next beer show. I think it's Australia. Uh, Shane Ryan's beer fridge is running dangerously low as Cyclone Veronica batters the North Coast, and he's live-streaming his decline in beer reserves. So you might want to check on that guy Where is he from? Yeah, I think it's it's Australia. Okay. I love the word So it's like two days. They're two days ahead of us? I don't know. Behind us? They're out there. Let's see if you can get them on for tomorrow. 36 hours, something. Anyway. Uh, celebrity attorney Michael Avenatti said he's highly confident he'll be fully exonerated after his arrest on criminal charges in two states. Federal prosecutors in California accused Avenatti on Monday of embezzling more than $1 million from a client and defrauding a bank of more than $4 million. In New York, federal prosecutors say they have phone calls proving Avenatti tried to extort millions of dollars from Nike. According to their complaint, he claimed one of his clients had evidence that Nike was involved in, Ill- in an illegal recruiting scheme. Prosecutors say he asked Nike to pay him and another attorney more than 22 mil to keep quiet. Avenatti rose to prominence, of course, as the lawyer for Stormy Daniels. Of course. He slammed Nike on Tuesday. You hate when I say that. I you? really do. Of you've, course. You've mentioned that to me for 10 years. <laughs> Which is why you keep saying it. Exactly. What, <laughs> what did I miss? Did I you... always say, of course, oh. uh, when something seems obvious and drives mm-hmm. Kenny nuts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, of course. <laughs> kind of like, do you want to <laughs> go or no? <laughs> Slam Nike. No, on... no, no, no. Kenny hates it because it's John being John. Yeah. It's John with yes. the FYI like, label. Like everybody should know it. Kenny thinks that's what I'm <laughs> well, saying. You idiots should all know it. <laughs> yes. What's wrong with you? <laughs> Claiming on Twitter the company's alleged recruiting scre- uh, scheme reaches the highest levels of the company. Uh, Chicago Mayor Rahm Emanuel angrily lashing out on Tuesday after prosecutors dropped charges that had accused Empire actor Jussie Smollett of staging a phony hate crime. A Smollett, who's black and gay, had earlier described the move as a complete vindication, said he had told the truth when he said two masked men threw a noose around his neck and poured chemicals on him while yelling racist and homophobic slurs in January. Well, the mayor criticized the move by Cook County prosecutors, saying he stood by the police investigation. Emmanuel told a news conference, quote, this is a whitewash of justice from top to bottom. This is not on the level. <coughs> Prosecutors could not immediately be reached for a response. That came hours after Smollett stood by his earlier accusations, which drew worldwide attention. He told reporters earlier on Tuesday outside the Chicago courthouse, I've been truthful and consistent on every single level since day one. B.S. <laughs> Prosecutors had charged Smollett on February 21st with filing a false report accusing the actor of paying two brothers $3,500 to stage the attack in an effort to use the notoriety to advance his career. The brothers who were arrested after getting captured on surveillance footage near the site of the alleged assault confessed to their role in the plot. They were released without charges in February. One of them had worked with Smollett on Empire, Fox's hip-hop drama, according to police. Uh, by the way, there's also a tweet from a reporter who had talked to a police representative, a police representative saying they had much more evidence they were going to uh, right. release at the trial. And the itself. central commander, Ed Wodnicki, is that his name, said the uh, this charge is dropped is a punch in the gut. He says the case was rock solid yeah. and they were ready to go to trial. Who do you think intervened? How do you... It's a prosecutor's fault, right, Joe? Reavers and I have watched a documentary called Seattle is Dying. 
And is that the one you were watching yesterday? Yes. Really well done. And the point of it is Seattle has an incredible homeless problem, right. which you begin to understand is not necessarily a homelessness problem. It's a drug problem. Right. It's a drug problem, and no one's getting prosecuted for it because the closer you get to the country's tallest buildings, the more these mysterians tend to see these people as victims, and therefore we shouldn't prosecute them. Uh, and then the reporter, to his credit, found a program in either Rhode Island, Rhode Island, Rhode Island mm-hmm. where they don't have this problem because they arrest vagrants and they put them in facilities where they receive intervention treatment and are offered uh, methadone or any uh, of two other drugs. And it's it's reduced their uh, dependency of the people on the street by a, an extraordinary percentage. I'm getting back to answering your question here. I'm getting back to answering the question about Smollett. Yeah. Uh, we're electing too many people who aren't prosecuting crimes because they've bought into the idea that uh, somebody like Smollett's merely a victim. Uh, I would venture to say he's a black, he's gay, uh, he fits the template of somebody who's a victim. And he's oppressed. We're, we're, not going to, uh, we're not going to do anything with it. And uh, thus does the moral and in- ethical integrity of the country continue to to decline. Uh, you've distracted me now, though, because the Seattle uh, documentary sounds legitimate. Like they are, in fact, uh, what's the word? Enabling these guys to become worse. Can you wait till you watch the, it? What's I, the name of I'll it? I'll send it to you. It's called but Seattle I, is dying, and we've invited the uh, the fellow who did it on the air, and we're waiting for a response. Oh, it it's about an hour long, and I thought, well, I'm not going to sit through this whole thing. I couldn't stop watching it because it was just it was utterly oh. fascinating. And Joe, what, to, what Joe was alluding to. They interviewed three inmates, not yeah, inmates in Rhode Island, and all three of them said, "Had they not arrested me, I'd be dead." Because well, we're not arresting the people in Seattle, and they're yeah. dying. Wow! And by the way, that that they could have named it Minneapolis or St. Paul is dying because the same thing's happening here. Yeah, downtown is a joke. Yeah. A sweet story from South Carolina. Sorry, Johnny. It is on the the, the Garage Logic Facebook page, and I know a lot of GLers have already watched it and already commented on it. If other people want to check it out as well, sorry, Johnny. Maybe maybe we should have music for the sweet story, huh? I think because I know Kenny hates these sweet stories, so maybe the music will make it better. (laughs) Distract him. (laughs) Maybe. Well, this may sound so mean. A sweet story from South Carolina. Hmm. A cable worker's act of kindness has gone viral. Jessica Nash Donahue of South Carolina posted a photo on Facebook of Spectrum employee Rob Kinney holding and comforting her three-year-old son, who is named, I'm sorry, Sailor, S-A-I-L-O-R. Well, I guess the Foghorn. Foghorn. Sailor uh, was born with a rare brain defect, and he's also blind. Well, her entire Facebook post... We just foghorned a brain-damaged child. I was, I was, thanks, guys. Thank you. I was going to mention Lord. that. I'm but, sorry. Uh, sorry, guys. I couldn't get it in before the uh, thing. Uh, anyway, her Facebook post says, Dear Spectrum Internet, Today, your technician, Robert, came to our home to upgrade our Internet and help us start up TV streaming. He walked into a mess. My son, Sailor, is three years old. He was born with two rare brain defects, and he's blind. He's unable to communicate his needs, and today's been rough for him. He's been crying all morning. I've been trying to soothe him while also meeting the needs of my two-year-old daughter, cleaning, washing dishes, and doing laundry while my husband is at work. It was a tough day. Well, when Robert walked in and started talking, Sailor ran right up to him and reached up. Robert didn't seem bothered at all. Instead, held my son off and on for the whole 45 minutes he worked at the house. 
He snuggled him close while I folded laundry. It was a huge relief for this tired mama. P.S. We, we never got our upgraded internet, but no, I had a 45-minute timeout. It, it, it did help. He got all the work done. And uh, she said, Robert deserves a raise, a promotion, or something. Uh, Kenny has worked for Spectrum for nine years. He's a single dad to a four-year-old son. So there you go. That's fantastic, yeah. John. Yeah. That's fantastic. Nice. I like a newsman with a guitar. A couple, a couple major seven chords. Go out with that, that, huh? You did foghorn the kid, though. I know. Yeah. No, I did. You know what? It's on me. Preconceived notion. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, Sailor. All points in between. Plus, I've never heard of a male named Sailor. Me neither. Yeah. I've heard of a couple of females named Sailor. Hey, now. Hey, Isn't Sailor. Christy Brinkley's hey, kid named Sailor? Sailor? Oh, really? She's just appearing in some uh, New York Broadway show, right? I saw her on TV this morning. Anyway. Anyway, yeah. Anyway. Hey, GarageLogic.com. Let's get this over with. Flag ship. Dropping stuff all over. Pick it up, Joe. There, there, Lefty. We got it. We'll take care of it. GarageLogic.com. Click on the Features button, the drop-down, to find out the extras. And go back and listen to some of those uh, podcasts that we've done while you're on spring break. Tell others, garagelogic.com. Rate us on Apple iTunes. We'll catch you next time. Garage Logic podcast version.